Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Both hailing from parts unknown at a combined weight of 501 pounds. They are the Morning Rush Hour World Tag Team Champions. They have no fear, no back down, just a couple of gutsy guys. No one will take those MRH World Tag Titles from these men. It's Taz, it's the Moose, illustrious champions, right here every day on CBS Sports Radio. You know it's every day, Moose and Taz be picking away. Talking about every sport, you know that they never missing a play. From the NBA to the NFL, the college games. They always bring in the knowledge, nobody ever can try to go stop it. Only be talking the truth, only be talking the truth, hey. All right, it is Taz and the Moose with you right here on this uh, on this Wednesday morning on CBS Sports Radio. As we come to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. Mike Pete across the way, other side at the controls. Bogish with your updates. McDonald's being ingested. Fantastic. Thank you, Taz. Oh, no problem. Absolutely delicious. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Mine's done already. I know. Yeah. You didn't even dig in yet. I did. I had my hash browns. They were yeah, you're, I, you're big. You weighed a little bit. I did. I, like, I, like I did weigh a little that. bit. But uh, the smell, I go right in. Bro. The smell of McDonald's wafting in the air. It's just it's a great smell. I really feel bad is. because uh, I forgot uh, somebody in the newsroom, Billy. I, Billy, who's a good man. I know. Well, what do you? I mean, it's uh, you forgot. I, you do feel bad, and I feel and bad. I understand that. If I give him a couple of bucks, I'll tell him to go get a hot dog down the road. That's, that's right. Go <laughs> get a euro downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? He has a couple of bucks, kid. <laughs> right, exactly. no, I feel bad for Bill. He's got the crazy beard, but I digress. He does have the crazy beard. Yeah, You're right does. about that. Um, so uh, hopefully, thanks for tuning in, being locked into us here. As we have an hour down two to play with, Connor Hughes is going to join us, covers the Jets a little later on this hour, Taz. But um, uh, we kick off this hour with a couple different topics. Number one, let's head down to Washington, right? Our nation's capital. and. And uh, dealing with the Washington Redskins and uh, the Blake Baratz, right, who's the NFL agent for linebacker Mason Foster, uh, a little bit bothered and lashed out on Tuesday. Why? Because the day before training camps are get set to get going, uh, the Redskins decided to cut their leading tackler, Mason Foster, uh, from a year ago. Now... And I know there there have been reports out of Washington all offseason that the Redskins were looking to move on from Foster, that uh, they wanted, uh, uh, that uh, they thought maybe they could upgrade even with his, you know, even with his ability, even being a tackling machine a year ago, they wanted to maybe uh, move on from him. That's fine. But if you, if as an organization, if you really wanted to move on from the guy, you should have given him an opportunity than to cut him earlier on in the regular season, right? right. Earlier on in the off season, to where then he has an opportunity to latch on and be a starter someplace else. Moose, I totally agree. It's kind of messed up what your Redskins did here, and, and I got to tell you, Mason Foster. It, it the other thing that's very surprising. I don't know if you realize, a lot of people might not know this. But this guy was a captain last year. Yeah, he's a captain, and he basically was ready to start. Took the starting inside linebacker spot when Reuben Foster went down with an injury. So, I mean, get the guy who was a captain. And then you wait till now to cut him. It's odd. I mean, you know, I know there was those. Uh, there was some reports that he kind of lost a little. The, the organization lost some uh, 
kind of they, they I guess they felt a little weird about him because there was like a private message from his Instagram account saying, you know, F this team and a fan base to somebody. And uh, and and I guess that got out there and, and he apologized. And then there was some kind of homophobic language in there, too. So I, I don't know if that had something to do with it. You know what I mean? But there was reports about that, too. Well, so, right. And, and, and listen, I and, and that's. There's no oh. reason for that to be out there. There's no reason for it, you know, right. not reason for him to be, you know, he should be called out for that kind of stuff. I mean, that that's wrong, of course. right? I mean, oh, what he absolutely. did was, was absolutely wrong. But they did try and trade him in March. There were no takers. Nobody wanted to acquire Mason Foster. But even with all that being said, Taz, to show you, as, as his agent went to Twitter yesterday and said, if you ever want to doubt that there is zero good faith in the NFL, look no further than the Redskins cutting Mason Foster today, the day before he was headed to report for camp. Nine-year veteran, captain of the defense, played 99% of the snaps last season and cannot even get a straight answer as to why. Keep in mind, uh, the team has been off for five weeks, and he was the starting middle linebacker the entire offseason. I operate in good faith as a human being and as a business. I expect more from the NFL and certain organizations in particular. We can be better. And everything that he said there is true. And, you know, if you want to get rid of Mason Foster, you should have gotten rid of him. You tried to trade him. There were no takers. You wanted to move on from him from the middle linebacker spot, move on from him. Um, and and give him then the opportunity uh, to catch on with someplace else. And I'm not telling you that he can't find another job because I'm sure he'll have another job before the start of the NFL regular season, Taz. It's just a terrible look, and I think it does send the wrong message. Think about if you're a veteran player. How exactly do you look at the Washington Redskins and trust exactly what they're selling you? Oh, dude. I, you can't. You can't. Any and, player. And hell with a veteran. How, how do you trust what, what Washington's going to tell you and what they're going to do? The, Moose, there's got to be something else going on here. That's fair. I mean, you, have, I mean, I mean, you know... I, I don't know if you there's anybody I don't down. Know. No, yeah. I'm saying you know anybody with the I, Redskins. I, well, I mean, no, I don't. I don't know if there's anything. You know, I, I don't. I, I, well, I, I know you not, got some inside people. I do. I'm just saying, I do. Put you but I'm spotting us on the radio. I have not, yeah, I, no, that's fair. <laughs> I, I have not heard in terms of the. I'll try and do a little bit more digging to try and find out. But I have not heard in terms of what it, what the behind the scenes reason was with Mason Foster because. You would think that there has. You're right, Taz. There has to be something to treat a guy like this got to be something. It, it right. kind of makes, especially for his agent to go on social media and say what he said. You know, so you, you would think that if, it, if it was just, it, it can't be his performance. The guy was not just a start. He won the spot. He was a captain of the defense. He's a hell of a player. Uh, someone's going to pick him up. I mean, unless there's something that no one knows about. But to this guy, you got to assume he's been training all offseason to go into camp and retain his, his high position as a player with the Redskins. Mason Foster, and then this happens. They pull the rug out from under him. Man, there's just got to be. I just it makes no sense. They do save four million against the salary cap. Uh, that's one thing, Taz, in getting rid of Mason Foster. So it does help out the franchise in that way. They do want to get younger. They've got they you know they have a young line some young linebackers that they want to work into position, give extra reps. But if that's the case, you've known that for a month. You've known that for the last five or six weeks. Jeez, if you dude. felt that as an organization, right? And yeah, you mentioned, absolutely. And, and listen, you mentioned in terms of Foster. Yeah, I mean the you know that was in December where he was basically ripping the team and the fan base. He also lashed out at the team's front office back in 2017. So it's not like that. Mason Foster has not been 
um, outspoken. A little disgruntled. And a little disgruntled, but that was 2017. Think about that. If you were that bothered with him, he wouldn't have been playing for you and wouldn't have been one what? of your captains what? a year ago. A captain. That's even, you know, really. I mean, uh, I don't know, dude. This is, this is weird. I just feel like something, like another shoe's going to drop here at some point. No, so the, a very, very strange scenario when when you look at the the fact of the way that the Redskins handled Mason Foster yesterday and not a good look for Washington in any way, shape, or form and the distrust that you have there. Also dealing with the National Football League, Taz, you know, interesting storyline dealing with Adrian Peterson. Did you see this one? I did, yeah. Where, you know, he has made a ton of money. I think the number, he's lost $100 million. Wow. Due to bad, fi- as it was put to him, you know, because there is a loan, I guess, from an uh, you know auto, a loan that's being called on him, that was for five point six million, mm. that now with interest is up to six point four million, and basically Adrian Peterson is broke. Unbelievable, it's it's sad. It's sad, and you know I think this this happens a lot. Unfortunately, with, with players and, and athletes over the years that, that don't manage their money the right way. They don't manage their money the right way or they get involved with the wrong stuff or making a, a bad investment or they got some bad guidance on how to or where to invest their money. And and then this kind of stuff happens. It's it's really – he's facing three lawsuits, two of which filed within the past eight weeks. So yeah. it's crazy, man. No, it is. Um, it is crazy uh, when, you, when you look at it, Taz. I, I don't – I guess to me, and and I understand making you you can invest in bad real estate. You can go into the stock market. Sure. You can pick the wrong stocks, whatever it might be, Taz. You know, but how is you know how how do you lose a hundred million dollars? Like, he's made well, he's made close to a hundred million. So it's not like he had all that. You got to remember taxes come into play as well. Oh, so yeah. I, I mean, so I mean, he's made himself a lot of money, right? Adrian Peterson's made a lot of money in his career. Um, how do you lose a hundred? How do you lose that kind of money? Well, just to back, you're right. Just to back up, to, you, you nailed it though. But as far as taxes, because you know the average Joe or Jane he, hears us like, wow, hundred million dollars. This agent Peterson earned a hundred million dollars over his career at 34 years old, and he's broke. Um, the taxes coming out is a big chunk uh, over time. And listen, the more money you make, the more money you spend. People say that all the time, and it's true. I know when I was in my prime as a wrestler, I was I was doing pretty strong financially. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying. Yeah. And I do know, like we were spending more money, my wife and I, without even realizing it. Like, not we were we're not the type of people just to go and you know whatever haphazardly spend. Yeah. No, that's not uh, our thing. I mean, yeah, sure, maybe I'll drop six, seven hundred dollars on five cigars. Okay, true. No, no, I'm kidding. But no, the thing is, like, you do spend more money. When, when you, you make, make more, more money, money, and you uh, don't even feel it sometimes. All right, so you spend more money when you make it, but we're not talking about ridiculous. You know, you're looking at now a case of we're not talking about a guy that made five, six million dollars, right? Yeah. We're talking about a guy that made a ton of cash. Wow. I mean, you know, he, he made a lot of money. You know, that doesn't it come a point in time where you know then is it a case where well one investment goes sour well I'll make up for that investment with this investment then that investment goes sour and then it kind of just compounds itself is it a case where he's just not paying attention that you know and and there were reports obviously that he had bad people that took advantage of him that were around him um you know the sense is is that they were you know taking my is it a case then, Taz, where you know you as where you as a, an athlete just are not paying attention in terms of what's coming in and what's going out? 
I, I, it definitely could be all those things, man. And the thing is with him, like you mentioned, God, you know, he, he basically he defaulted on a two point four million dollar loan he took out in twenty sixteen from a bank in Minneapolis. Okay, and that which, and then there's also last year he ordered to pay. He was ordered to pay back more than six hundred thousand uh, dollars. And then there was one I was reading. I'm looking here. Um, Four million. Peterson also took out a separate four million dollar loan just a month before, according to the court records obtained by the Baltimore Business Journal. He later missed his first payment on the loan. So you know he's he's the fault on a lot of his payments. And then, as most people know, there's charges. You know, then as I would call a vig. Some people might not know what that is, but yeah, right. Well, there's going to be interest. It's a blue collar term. Yeah, right. And and there's going to be interest. You know, yeah. you you borrow from the bank, they're gonna they're gonna want money for giving you that kind of money. And so the more you borrow, the more you owe when you don't pay up. So well, that's exactly right. And and that's the problem you have here for Adrian Peterson, who at 34 years of age is continuing his career as a running back with the Washington Redskins. And speaking of the Redskins, a former Redskin, former Jet. Uh, former Chicago Bear. Uh, he played uh, in a number of different teams uh, throughout the course of his. I, I can't believe it was just 10 years because it felt like he's been around a lot longer than just 10 years. But Mark Sanchez mm. uh, is done as now a backup quarterback in the National Football League, Taz. Um, he uh, retired from the NFL, and now he's going to serve and work for ESPN. He's going to take over for Mac Brown, um, in studio as a college football analyst. So Mac Brown gets shuffled out the door, and in steps Mark Sanchez, who, you know, whatever you want to say about Sanchez and the butt fumble, uh, which was an embarrassing moment and never living up to expectations and uh, what he wasn't as an NFL signal caller. He's a well-spoken guy. He is. Uh, he's a good-looking guy. Yep, yep. Um, he, he understands football. Uh, he's got a good personality to him. Yep. And uh, I, I think he's going to work as a college football coach. I agree a zillion percent. When I saw this, I'm like, wow, this is a win win. And I I'm I'm not surprised. I'm sure yeah. you weren't either. No. Because of you you nailed it. All those things he has. He's definitely he, he's he's gonna look great on camera because he is a good looking guy. So uh and and he's educated, uh he's a USC guy, he speaks, he's got very, you know, very good uh very good vernacular vocabulary. He's, he's got a brain in his head. Um and quarterbacks always do not always. They usually do really well as studio analysts because they know the game. They, they know do. how to read a defense. They know how to break down an offense. They're not, you know what I mean? So quarterbacks usually are pretty good at this job. And this guy's played at the highest level for a long time, no matter if you you know like him or don't like him. And I was a Jet fan during that, the Mark Sanchez years. And I got to be honest with you. I, I don't know about you know how other Jet fans, but back then when I was a Jet fan, I liked Sanchez. And I know he stunk it up a lot. But I, I, maybe there's a better way to say that. I always kept giving him another chance. I wanted to like him. Yeah. Because he felt like, – now, I, I, at USC, I think he only played one year, right? So he didn't have a lot of D1 reps under his belt because he was behind someone. I think he only played one year. And then he only draft, started for one started year. Started one year. That's, right. what, that's right. what I'm saying, yeah. Yep. Because I, was he – he's older than Lionel. No, right. he's, young, he was, he's older than Matt Lionel, right? Correct. Right. right, right. So he only played one year there. Um, and I remember that. That was part of the problem with him, but I always felt like I gave him another, kept giving him chances as a fan at that time because um, there's a likability about him to me. 
Now you're not a Jeff. You weren't a Jeff fan. I was to me. I maybe not. I rooted for Sanchez. I did. There's something I, about him. Yeah, There's a there likability was, about yeah, him. There, you know? there is a. I, I don't disagree with that. I, I don't. Um, now the issue is he didn't progress as a quarterback. Right. He didn't right, get right. better. Uh, he did go to two AFC Championship games. You know, under you know Rex Ryan, uh, but the team also had a you know very good defense and a dominant run offense. Real good. I mean, yeah. So Real good run uh, I mean, there were there were positives there when you look at, at at Sanchez and what he had to work with at the time, and he just never got better. And it's almost like kind of he embraced that star status. Remember that pictorial he did? Yeah. What was it GQ mm-hmm. where he's wearing well, the fur and yeah, he was yeah. shirtless and he was at. You know, at, at the stadium across well, the way. You guys are doing GQ. Why are we not doing GQ? Yeah. Taz and the Moose version. That we should. Mikey I, B, can you get this done? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I want to see Moose in a long fur mink coat. Yeah, shirtless. Shirtless I don't with know. a bandana on. We can do it regard. We don't need GQ <laughs> to do that. I think that would go viral. <laughs> Mike's like, this yeah. is called Instagram. That's Pat. true. <laughs> But I think it'll work. I think no, Sanchez it's going to work. Yeah, and, and here's where you give him credit, Taz, because sometimes you have to look at opportunities and seize the opportunity. So he's obviously represented, and there were conversations being had, and they were trying to generate and peak and get his interest in the job, right? And Mark Sanchez looked at it and said, "What for me, for my future, what's the best thing? You can make a lot of money working as an analyst in studio uh, for ESPN covering college football, right? You can make a lot of money. Uh, You know, you can make seven figures. You can make a good chunk of change. You're good at it. You know, they're going to put you on a lot of different platforms as well. Um, And he looked at it and said, you know, now's the time to seize this opportunity, even after just 10 years in the NFL. Yeah, I I, I tell you what, congrats to him. I'm with you, man. I think this is a perfect fit for him. I think he's going to do excellent. I really do. I, he's got credibility. He does. And that's one of the main keys, too, besides being well-spoken, besides being easy on the eyes, besides all that stuff, he's got credibility. And he can break down a defense, like I said, because he is a quarterback. He understands defensive scheme. So he can bring those of us that never played in the NFL in the huddle on, on what's going on and what he looks, what a quarterback or an offense looks at when they're under center. And he also obviously is an expert on, on talking offense. He so, is. yeah, it's, it's great. We're going to go start our training camp tour, Taz. Are you excited? Yes. Yes, we, I am excited. Um, I am excited. I think We're going to begin with the former team that you used to be a fan of. We are? We are. Wait, We're not today, about, though. Yes, we are. Yeah. Well, we don't have the gimmick yet. No, I understand. But no, no, no. We, oh, wait. I didn't know that. Yes. Oh, come on. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk a little the Jets. J E T E Jets is Jets Jets S. Yes, Quentin Williams is yet to be under contract, right? The third overall pick Wait, for Gangers. Is this it? Are we doing it right now? No, no, later. no. I'm sorry. Seven, I'm a little. I'm still digesting my McDonald's. I understand. Seven eight minutes away, Tess. We I'm got an update, just... and then Connor Hughes is going to join us. Covers the Jets. Uh, it does a fantastic job. Check him out, SNY. Uh, we'll talk about all things Gangrene. High expectations, right? New leadership with Joe Douglas. Uh, as the general manager, new head coach in Adam Gase. We know second-year quarterback in Sam Darnold. New uniforms for sure the Sure we're not doing this now? <laughs> it's a build-up. It's that's, a tease. That's my, all my material. No. You just said it in the tease. No, well, we're going to get the thoughts of Connor <laughs> no, Hughes. Kidding. He's going to join us next. Taz Moose on a Wednesday morning, CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. 
All right, time right now to ask the pros, where you, the listener, get to ask us a question brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Go to cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros. Submit your question. Be listening later on the show. We might answer your question. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices, excellent customer service at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every single day. We're going to talk a little Jets. Connor Hughes is going to join us here momentarily. Bogus is in the house. What's going on, Andrew? Moose, Taz, Weird Al. National shortstop Trey Turner keeps doing this to the Rockies. Here's the pitch. Swing and a line drive right center field. This one's headed toward the gap. It's going to the wall. Parra scores. Trey Turner has hit for the cycle. It's a double and Trey Turner's second career cycle. That's Dave Jaguar on Nationals Radio. Turner, the third player ever with two cycles against the same team. The others are Christian Yelich against the Marlins last season and Pirate Fred Clark against the Reds way back in 1901 and 03. Turner had the four hits, two RBI, two runs scored in an 11-1 route of Colorado. Yeah, that, uh, Fred Clark when? 1901 and 03. Oh, wow. Yeah, way Harris, back. Oh, that game, three. Harris was there? <laughs> he might have been, yeah. He might have been. Harris was a senior in high school. Back then. Uh, the, <laughs> the resurrected Robinson Cano with those three homers in the Mets, 5-2 decision over the Padres. The Phillies, a 3-2 win in 15 in Detroit. The A's topped the Astros, 4-3 in 11. The Jays, 2. The Indians, 1-10. in 10. And the Yankees won a thriller in Minnesota, 14-12 in 10. The Yankees <laughs> led 10-9 then trailed 11-10, then led 12-11. They blew that lead in the ninth. And after taking the 14-12 edge, Aaron Hicks made a full extension diving catch in left center with the bases loaded to end the game. Veteran linebacker Bobby Wagner expected to report on time to training camp today despite still wanting a new contract from the Seahawks. Wagner, however, may do what he did during offseason workouts, be present but not actually go on the field. And Zion Williamson signing with Jordan Brand over offers from basically everyone else. Exact details unclear, but some of those other offers reportedly for $10 million annually. Guys? All right. Thank you, Andrew. Let's walk aboard right now uh, and talk a little Jets. Connor Hughes uh, covers Gang Green. Check him out. SNY uh, does a fantastic job. Hey, Connor, Taz, Moose, thanks for a couple minutes this morning, bud. We appreciate Connor, what's it. up, man? Hey, guys. How are you doing? We're doing well, Connor. Doing well. Uh, let, let's start with, I guess, the, the, the most noteworthy thing as of late. Where are the Jets here with their, their first-round draft choice, Quinn and Williams? Uh, it's honestly, man, just all negotiating at this point. And, and it's kind of as, as what's previously been reported is that they're arguing over the, the way that the signing bonus is essentially going to be paid out. And it's just going to be a matter of, of who bends or who gives in or who eventually they find that middle ground. I mean, the the entire thing to me is, is just silly. You know, I mean, Quinton Williams is going to get his money when he gets it. I mean, it kind of seems like a weird thing for two sides to be arguing over. Uh, but when it comes to money, obviously everyone in every prof- profession is, is going to argue over it. But, you know, look, this is a Jets team that's kind of starting a new age. You know, a Jets team is kind of starting a new era. You know, they've got their new head coach. They believe that they have a franchise quarterback. They just hired a new GM that – you know, to, to, to be arguing over something so minuscule and something so silly uh, when you're trying to start this new age with, with a guy that, that is uh, someone who you believe is going to be a cornerstone defensive player and, and the next Aaron Donald and the next you know, game-changing defensive lineman uh, just, just kind of seems pretty silly to me. But, you know, it's report day is today for the Jets. I know Quinton Williams is kind of in the area, but 
Uh, it's just a matter of if they're going to come to time before uh, the first practice tomorrow. And you know, it's probably tough for Quinton because you know he's a young guy, Connor, and he. He's, he's a rookie, and he doesn't want to get that rep. You know what I mean? So, But it's tough. Business is business. Let me ask you now. What, um, you, know, you mentioned uh, the, the, the excellent uh, second-year quarterback, Sam Donald, for, for the Jets. What type of growth do you think we're going to see uh, from Sam this season? Well, I mean, you've got to kind of compare it to, to other second-year quarterbacks around you know, the NFL. Obviously, there was Mitch Trubisky who took a pretty big jump uh, in his second year with the Bears. But, but I think the two guys that I kind of go to – uh, more than anything else, in comparison, are, are Carson Wentz of the Philadelphia Eagles and, and Jared Goff, the, the two quarterbacks that were taken one and two. I think the way I listed them, two and one, though, uh, respectively in the 2016 draft. And, you know, those were guys that, that you saw promising things their rookie years. Well, not so much with Goff, but certainly with Wentz. Uh, you saw some really promising things and building block things their first years. And you saw those same things with Sam Darnold, especially the final quarter of last year. And then when those two guys, Goff and Wentz, got into their second seasons, got comfortable with their coaches, got comfortable with the players around them, they really ascended to that next level. You know, and I, I don't know if, if Sam Darnold's going to have the same type of year that, that Wentz did. I mean, before he got hurt in 2017, the guy was arguably going to be the, the MVP of the league. I don't know if Sam Darnold's going to do that, but I think you'll see him – start to inch closer and closer uh, to, to being the franchise quarterback that the Jets, you know, believe he is. And, and the Jets have kind of looked at, to their credit, they've, they've done some things to make that transition and that uh, development a little bit easier, right? I mean, they, they improved the offensive line. I know that we, there's still questions there at the center position, but they got Kalecha Osemele, an all-pro guard. They added arguably the best running back in the NFL in Le'Veon Bell. They got Sam... Uh, a, a safety blanket slot receiver in Jamison Crowder. They have other weapons around him in Robbie Anderson, Chris Erndon, Quincy Anunwa, who are all young developing players who should be better. And, and then probably more than more important than anything else, they got him an offensive-minded uh, guy that some people believe is a quarterback guru and a head coach in Adam Gase. So, you know, this is all set up now for, for Sam to take that next step. And you know, I think that all signs towards him doing that. He had a very promising spring, very promising mini camp, and, and now it's just about him really elevating his play in training camp and then leading into the regular season. You know, Connor, how about Lev Bell, who's, you know, funny, and his latest, uh, his latest thing on social media was uh, very entertaining, calling out LeBron and, you know, and Taco Tuesday and everything like that. Uh, but the interesting with Le'Veon Bell is, you know, as Taz and I have talked about here, we know how talented he is. Now you hit upon the offensive line. The one in Pittsburgh is very, very good. You know, how big of an adjustment is it going to be for Le'Veon Bell now working behind this Jets offensive line? It's, it's, I don't even know if it's, if it's all about the offensive line, Moose, as it is the other weapons that were on uh, that field with him. That's I mean, fair. When, when, when Bell was out there in Pittsburgh, I mean, he had Antonio Brown split wide. You know, you can't stack the box to stop Le'Veon Bell because that means you're giving single coverage to Antonio Brown, and, and you see what that guy does with single coverage. I mean, he's, he's a 150-catch-a-year guy, you know, and, and he's got Ben Roethlisberger, who is a bona fide franchise quarterback. And so there were a lot of pieces out there in Pittsburgh that, you know, they, they called them the, the three Bs, right, where it was Ben, Bell, and, and Brown, and you really couldn't key in on just one because then the other one would beat you with – with the Jets, I don't know necessarily if, and maybe they do, you know, maybe guys do develop, as we were just talking about, there's a lot of potential in the offense, but, you know, they, he doesn't have that much of a security blanket. So the one thing I will say, though, is that where Bell might 
uh, maybe not necessarily have an easier time of things because he doesn't have those other weapons, having him on the Jets offense will open up things for everyone else, you know, because now suddenly are you going to double Robbie Anderson with that safety over top? You're going to put that safety down to stop Le'Veon Bell. So if you put the safety down there, that means Robbie is one-on-one with a wideout. And, you know, while Robbie is not Antonio Brown, the guy does have dynamic speed and can take the top off a defense and, and take the top off the defense against some of the best corners in the NFL. So, you know, I, I think that it's going to be more challenging for Bell to put up maybe some of the statistics that he did in Pittsburgh. But I think that while he might not have necessarily those same – he's still going to have good numbers. He's still a tremendous player and we will put them up. But while he might not have those eye-popping holy cow numbers, his presence on the field will make everyone else better where you'll start to see some other guys have some career years. And, and I think that's what the Jets were banking on when they signed them. You listen to Taz and Moose right now on CBS Sports Radio. Our special guest is Connor Hughes, Jets beat reporter since 2014. So, uh, you know, Connor, let me ask you about the new head coach, Adam Gaze, uh, with the Jets. You know, we saw the whole thing with the eyes, the crazy eyes. That thing went viral, right? Uh, how do you think, you know, and it's so important, right, uh, the way, you know, these coaches deal with the media, especially in town, no matter what town you're in, no matter what NFL franchise. How do you think A's will, and the New York media will work out this year? Hey, well, I, we, we're still, obviously, all all getting to know each other, right? I mean, because you, you, you got hired and then we're just OTA's minicamp. But for my, my take on Gates, and I think one thing that will endear him to – to the reporters and, and endear him kind of the New York media. To some extent, uh, obviously, wins are, are what's going to take all the precedence over this. But I think that you know, he seems like a pretty honest guy when it comes to to his press conferences, and he doesn't he doesn't he is not he doesn't have to talk down to you. He doesn't talk condescending. You know, he he clearly is a football junkie and loves talking football. And so during these press conferences, when you ask him a question about football, he's not he's not trying to hide things from you. I know he's going to have things. He's obviously not right, handing right. you the playbook or the game plan, but he is talking to you as if you know the sport like he does, and he's and he's speaking to you. He's not talking down. He's speaking directly to you. And I think as a reporter, you know, look in today's day and age, obviously there are a few people that are ever going to understand football at the level that some of these players do, obviously. And coaches, I mean, they're basically talking rocket science while everyone else is kind of on a calculus level. But with the way that the game has changed with how readily available access is and how readily available game film is and how much football people watch, there is a much better understanding than maybe 15, 20 years ago. And I think the Gase talks to people like that. He talks to you like you know the game, not like he's trying to teach you basic math when you're already in high school kind of thing. So. You know, I think that that's going to endear him. And, and, you know, the whole Gase dynamic is something that's going to be wildly fascinating to watch going forward here because, honestly, he might have been the most important hire that the Jets have made in years. You know, nothing can ruin a franchise quarterback worse or ruin a potential franchise quarterback quicker, I should say, than a poor head coach. I mean, look at what Jared Goff did with Jeff Fisher his first year, you know. And and so if, if Gase is as good as the Jets believe, Sam Darnold's on the fast track to being one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. If he is not, I mean, you're basically ruining the first two, three years of Sam Darnold's career because you had the one with Todd Bowles, and now you're not going to fire Gates after a year, so you're talking about two years with him. So uh, it's going to be wildly interesting to, to watch how this thing develops and, and moves going forward. Connor, when you, when you look at, um, we've obviously focused in a lot about the offense. How about this defense here? Um, when when we obvi- we talked about Quinn and Williams, but what about what 
this defense is going to be. I, I love the fact of what the new defensive coordinator, Greg Williams, has talked about. You know, he goes, everyone knows this is my X's and O's, you know. But basically, he comes in and changes the personality of that defense, right? And so what do you think yep. this Jet defense is going to look like under Greg Williams now? Uh, they'll, they'll be aggressive. I mean, I think that's the one thing. They're going to be aggressive. They're going to be flying around the ball. It's going to be intense. But, you know, I, I think my, my only concern with, with with the Jets' defense right now, because I think the defensive front's going to be good. You know, they, they still lack that, that elite-level edge rusher, but they've got uh, enough guys up there, I think, that are going to create push in, in Leonard Williams, Quinn Williams when he gets back, uh, Henry Anderson. I love, love the two linebackers in, in Mosley and uh, – and Avery Williamson. And I think there's enough talent on the outside to get something done. You know, Jordan Jenkins off a career year. Uh, Ja'Kai Polite, they drafted him in the third round. He's still kind of working his way up and getting acclimated, but he's there. Uh, I think that, that my only concern, though, and, and I don't care how good Greg Williams is, I, you, you can only mask it so much, is that if Marcus May does it, doesn't stay healthy, they really don't have anyone next to Jamal Adams. And that cornerback situation is just one massive question mark after another. I mean, the Jets' decision to basically ignore adding depth to the cornerback and center positions this offseason are probably one of the big reasons why Mike McCagnan is no longer this team's general manager. And, and really, I mean, looking at this, man, like, look, Tremaine Johnson is coming off a dreadful year last year. I know the Jets paid him a ton of money, but he really didn't leave too much to be optimistic about in 2018. You got Daryl Roberts opposite him and Brian Poole in the nickel. Brian Poole's probably a serviceable player, but, I mean, if those guys don't develop or the Jets risk their – or gamble there doesn't doesn't prove to be beneficial to them, you're talking about a situation that could be ugly. I mean, because not only do the Jets have question marks as their starting corners, they don't have anything behind them in terms of, you know, young, promising guys that they're developing. I mean, Derek Jones is kind of a camp star and somebody that Jet fans know about, but he was a sixth-round pick two years ago and a converted receiver. I mean, you can't imagine Derek Jones being your number one corner, but he's the next guy up if Roberts or Tremaine Johnson goes down. So, I think the Jets have, have a lot of good things going for them on defense. Jamal Adams is, is otherworldly. Uh, there's talent on the defensive line. I think there's some potential there at outside linebacker. But it really doesn't matter if you don't have someone who can slow uh, a receiver off the line. And, and right now I have a lot of concerns with the Jets' ability to do that. Uh, kind of, so expectations for this Jet football team, you know, for this upcoming season, uh, are people talking playoffs? Uh, bring us into uh, behind the scenes of the New York media and how, how that's being uh, discussed. Yeah, I think that, that for the Jets, realistic expectations are, you know, obviously they would love to make the playoffs, and, and it can happen. You know, you've seen teams the last couple of years, I think the Bills did it two ago, right, where, where they yeah. made the playoffs with nine wins. Yep. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's potential now in the NFL. So I think the Jets are, are right around there between eight, nine, ten wins this year. I, I think that that's a benchmark that they can get to, and I think that's a benchmark that they can potentially clear. Uh, I don't think they're, they're not an 11-win team. I don't think they're a 12-win team. But if they can get to that point where they're a highly, highly, highly competitive 7-9 and nine, and you see the, the progress, go, maybe their little injuries are kind of what hurt them, but seven wins, I think eight, nine wins is probably more realistic and, and something that they should accomplish. And if you get to eight or nine wins, I mean, look, if things break your way and, and you win the right tiebreakers, you can be in the playoffs. So, you know, I don't know if the playoffs are the goal or the playoffs are the benchmark, but I think getting to that eight, nine win marker would be a big one. And I think that this is kind of the year that, that if all things go the Jets' way, you see them start to turn that corner or they do turn that corner, you know, where you see enough positive things where you're like, you know what? This could be the team that when Tom Brady retires and, and the Patriots kind of go back to that rebuild mode, 
that the Jets could be, the, you know, kind of take the next stronghold of the AFC East. I think that's what you want to see this year from them. You know, again, don't don't put the, the you have to make the playoffs, but you want to get better and, and you want to start to see that that the tor- that the corner is turned and that next year when they have a bunch more money again and, and another couple draft picks. And this will be a team that's ready for uh, continual playoff success. You know, Connor, final one. Uh, love the helmets, right? And if people aren't paying attention across the country, Jets are going to have a new look this year, right? So they got a new GM, new coach, second-year quarterback, some new players in free agency. What do you think of the new uniforms for the Jets? <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't mind them. I mean, I think they're fine. The, the, the that little the stripe thing, that like white stripe that's on the jersey. I think that's a little weird. It's a little too much. Uh, I think. Yeah. It's very, yeah, I think the jersey would honestly look better if they just we had we had um we, we had one here kind of the helmet the, right? the helmet helmet yeah. here um the helmet's they had some great. jersey yeah you know because Boomer Sison works here in the same one so they give him everything you know so yeah. uh <laughs> no the helmet is really cool in person like really oh, yeah. the, the, the green the green is pretty wicked looking for yeah. sure yeah all right yeah the color the color looks great I think yeah, yeah the jerseys are fine I mean like at the end of the day I don't I'm not a I'm not a fashionista or anything like that but no, I know it's but I, I'll, I'll tell you what Moose like I was amazed and how much people cared about the jerseys. Like, when I saw the Jets were getting new jerseys, I was like, all right, cool. Like, all right, they're, they're going to have a new look. I wonder what they'll look like. But fans went nuts over it. I mean, they lo- they were going crazy over these People want to rock the swag. Wild. People want to rock the swag, yeah. bro, with their team, man. You know what I mean? It. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Well, hey, Connor. Yeah, they're not, they're not. Yeah, I mean, no, listen. Uh, you look at it, 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 as long as they win, they could be wear, they could be wearing the ugliest uniforms in the world. It doesn't matter. They just exactly. the Jet fan just wants them to win. Hey, Connor, we appreciate the time this morning uh, as camp gets opened up for Gang Green, and uh, we'll chat again real soon. All right, take care, Connor. Absolutely, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Take care, buddy. You got it, Connor Hughes, um, who does a great job. Been covering the Jets since what 2014? 14, yeah, 2014. Yeah, so it's been a while, and they and the Jets have got new leadership, and they've got their second year quarterback Taz and. Uh, as he mentioned, I think those are realistic expectations. Playing yeah. off the question that he asked him, uh, if they could start <laughs> to look like that team, like the Browns did a year ago, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, where uh, they've turned the corner, right. they're competitive, they're fun watch, they're kind of dangerous team each yeah. and every week. They win the games they're supposed to win. That kind of a team. Yeah, I, I, but I think Connor brings up. A, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I mean, as a Bills fan, I hope it doesn't happen in the in the, in the division, but. Connor brought up a really good point about the defensive backfield for the Jets, so that's a concern. I mean, Adams is great, we know that, but it's not much help there. So, no. so we'll, we'll see. You know, and someone could step up. Guys do get better during the offseason. Guys are getting more opportunities, let's say, during camp now in the summer. And you never know. For the Jets, maybe they get someone who steps up big for them. True. You know, it could happen. Definitely it, could happen. It could. We're going to chat with Charlie Batch, former Steeler quarterback, uh, and knows the Steelers frontwards and backwards. Uh, covers the team, obviously. Uh, he's going to join us top of the hour. But up next, Taz, uh, a young, athletic NBA star has got a new shoe deal. Shocking. We'll get into that next. It's Taz, it's Moose, CBS Sports Radio. Give Taz and the Moose a call. 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4227. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio.
It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio, toll free live, brought to you by Geico. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com. 15 minutes. You could save 15% or more on your car insurance. This weekend, it's the final round of the Major League Fishing's 2019 General Tire World Championship. I know. Followed by the PGA Tour's best competing at the WGC FedEx. What's <coughs> <coughs> McDonald's me. doing for you, buddy? Uh, All right, go What a sneeze right there. I thought you had a cough going. Well, salute. Oh, yeah. Like half, no, nah, it was like half cough, half sneeze. It wasn't uh, competing at the sneeze, WGC yeah. FedEx St. Jude Invitational. That's only this weekend on CBS. Yeah, you know, a full, powerful sneeze is different. You know, than than uh, you know, are you a big snore guy? You Do feel I like sn- you snore a lot. Yeah, I snore. Yeah, yeah, I'm a snorer too. Yeah. I mean, I, Pete the body seems like a big snorer. You're a snorer, right, Pete? Uh here and there. You seem like you might be a dribbler, too. Are you a dribbler? No, I'm not. No? You seem like a big snorer. He goes, no, I'm not. Okay. Anyway. Yes. Mikey B's not a snorer. No, all overweight guys snore. I snore. That's not true. Um, I know I, I know a, very I, I, thin people who snore. It was a joke. I, it, it's kind of like it's a little so bit sad. of an attack. I, I'm not I, you attacking know. you. No, not me. Just you're attacking people that are a tad overweight. No, no, no. I'm not. You're saying I'm overweight not. people snore. I mean, you can't say that like a fact. You know, that offends people. Oh, you can't offend God. anyone. Oh, you know stop, better than that. Come on. That's not what we're about here. You're right. You're right. So, How was your breakfast? It was delicious. Thank you, Taz. Thank you again. Um, so Zion Williamson has got a new deal uh, with yes, uh, a new uh, yes, sneaker, sneaker deal, deal right? He has signed on with Jordan Brand. Yes, sir. Yeah. A seven-year deal, an average of $10.7 million per year. He's going to make $75 million over the next 10 years. Just by, by signing up with uh, Jordan Brand. So Zion will be wearing Nikes here moving forward. Well, yeah, they had, I guess, get this right after he blew out because the UNC is. They're Nike, but they used the Jordan logo because I you know some schools well, use they did. Jordan. They right, did. Right. Well, he was wearing, uh, what, the Paul George ones. Right, that's right. He was. Um, uh, PG2. PG something, yeah. 2.0. Anyway, right. anyway, the money, like we were talking on a break, that, that a kid like this age is getting. And like, Duke is a Nike guys. school. Duke is a Nike school for sure, yeah. yes. Um, I said UNC. What the hell am I thinking? Yeah, I'm thinking that's down the road from Duke. Correct. But anyway, they're they're also a Nike school. But I, some schools, like I know Michigan, Nike, right? But no, but what I'm saying is they use the Jordan brand of Nike. Correct. Michigan does. I think UNC does right, also. Right. 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 So anyway, um, that's a lot of money for a young guy like Zion. I mean, but you're not shocked. He's gonna he's gonna be a massive, gigantic star, and that. Uh, most are projecting we're going to talk about him down the road, like we all talk about Michael Jordan or LeBron James and whatnot. That like one of the greats of greats and the Mount Rushmore type player. That's what folks are thinking. Well, it's just a lot of money. I just hope the kid and his family can stay grounded, man, because it, it it's hard for that kind of money not to change you at 19 years old. I, well, I'm just saying that's true, and it, he seems grounded even with all the stardom that came his way based on his play at Duke after year one. We'll see if he can remain with both feet on the ground after he get this kind of uh, contract. This has nothing to do with the NBA deal that he's going to get being the number one overall pick and. And really, Taz, it's the perfect storm because if if you look at Zion Williamson, you look at you know kind of this man-child of a young athlete, right? Bigger, faster, stronger. 
uh, does it a little bit differently, that grabbed the basketball landscape, not just the college basketball landscape, by the ears and told you to pay attention on it. We debate about during the course of the NBA regular season. I mean, Duke was a more of must-watch than than any NBA team in the regular season because you want to see what was going to make your jaw drop of what Zion did on the basketball court. So that's why he gets this. People are going to say, well, how does he get $75 million? He hasn't done it. Well, no, he's done a lot. He's the most marketable. Right. Free, he's the most marketable rookie coming into the NBA in quite some time. His name alone draws. Probably since LeBron. Yeah, absolutely. His name alone. So, so whoever says, what has he done? It's his name. It's what he's done at Duke as a freshman and going into New Orleans. He's already a draw. He's already a draw. And then, you know, of course, it's now he's signed with, with, with the Jordan brand of, of Nike. So I'm sure there'll be a photo op with, with the great Michael Jordan and him and, and Zion, which will be pretty cool. Right? I'm sure they'll, they'll do something like a photo or video yeah. or something, right? You know, but yeah, no, nah, I mean, he's he's a massive, massive draw, and it's, you know. And now he's extremely wealthy at 19. Yeah, just on the sneaker deal. Nevertheless, the money's going to get to play for the Pelicans. That's exactly right. Pelican, Pelican. Uh, we're going to talk a little Steelers coming up next, uh, Taz. Charlie Batch is going to join us as we continue our training camp tour. Uh, it's Taz and the Moose on this Wednesday morning, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.